Welcome to the RidgeCast, a tool created to have conversations about topics we can't always cover on a Sunday. Our desire is for you to become equipped to follow Jesus and be mobilized to pursue His kingdom. We hope today's dialogue takes you one step further in your discipleship journey. Now here is this week's episode. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to episode six of the Ridge Cast. Hope you guys are all doing great today, doing whatever it is that you're doing around here in the North Georgia area. I'm really excited uh, for today's episode. I'm joined by a, a newcomer uh, to the podcast. Some of you guys know him. Um, a lot of people love him, uh, but I'm joined by um, Bill Rogers. Bill, how are you doing today? I'm doing great, David. Man, well, Bill, I'm so excited uh, to have you on the podcast, and I've heard um, that you're a huge Tennessee Vols fan, Vols advocate. I've heard that uh, you're just all about them, you know, all the time. You're walking around saying, feels like 98. Um, so how, how did that start? How did you get into being a huge Vols fan? <laughs> oh, my gosh. I've been called a lot of things. Tennessee Vols fan is not one of them, but uh, golly, I am a... I am a diehard dogs fan, and uh, that 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 orange team up north is uh, is one that will continue to nip at the heels, and uh, uh, we're looking forward to playing them again this next year. And uh, they should have a, a, an incredible team, but uh, I still like our chances. It's true that the team in Athens is a pretty good, pretty good ball team right now. Not too bad. Not too bad. Uh, and you know, we are praying for you guys who are Vols fans. I know it's been you know tough two decades. Uh, out there, and uh, I admire you guys' faithfulness Absolutely. moving forward, sticking with your team. Um, just a little, just a little fun here in the beginning of the episode. But hey, what what we're going to talk about today is something um, that I'm really passionate about. I think it's something that a lot of people think about. It's something that we kind of all deal with in um, our day to day life, whether it's in uh, you know work or it's in family or it's in church or whatever organization. Um, that we're involved in. And, and that's the idea of, of leadership. Um, and Bill uh, is a great leader, has a lot of experience uh, in leadership. Um, so I'm just really excited today. We're really just going to work through um, some questions uh, here. And I hope that they uh, uh, help you guys. I hope that they kind of expand maybe your understanding uh, in leadership. So we're just going to jump right into it. Um, so Bill, the first thing is uh, in, in your mind, in your opinion, uh, who would you say, who is a leader and, and kind of how would you define leader? Sure. You know, it's interesting, David, I, I think as many people as you talk to is probably as many different definitions that you could get for what is a leader. But to me, a leader is someone who has responsibility for others. And that could come in any walk of our life, as you mentioned, uh, could come in our homes with our families, uh, could come vocationally at our work. Uh, could come in whatever we happen to be involved in from a church or community or nonprofit perspective. But it really is where we have responsibility, where people have responsibility for others and looking to accomplish goals or objectives. So striving for something, uh, looking to get things done, looking to take something to the next step. And so uh, you know, I think so often people think of leaders and they, and they, they look at those that are in uh, business, 
uh, CEOs or politics, those have been elected or the senior pastor of a church or, and, and they make that list pretty small. But I, I happen to be a believer that each and every one of us has the potential to be a leader and that each one of us really have the opportunity to lead almost on a daily basis. Yeah, that's a, that's a great way um, to talk about it. I think what you said there in the beginning, you know, as many people as you talk to come up with a different idea of, of leadership. And um, I think really like a lot of people maybe uh, wrongly assume that like what a leader is, is that's who the person who's just like the boss is they're, they're the boss of the business or they're the head person um, in whatever level of government or even like, I, I think a lot of people more and more talking about leadership, like in the sports world, you know, who's the, who's the head coach um, of this team, especially like at, at the collegiate level, there's so many people that report to that person uh, and they have so much influence um, over that. So, yeah, I think uh, one thing I hear when people talk about leadership is it's just, you know, who, who are the people that you have influence over that you're trying to take from A to B? You think that's a good way to, to maybe think about it too? Or Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, you, you use the example of a head coach. And, you know, we, we were talking just a little bit ago about, you know, our favorite teams and things of that nature. Well, you know, obviously this past year, Georgia had a lot of success. And so as a result, they ended up, a lot of the players ended up being interviewed quite a bit and talked about what was the key to your success. And while clearly in that case, uh, Kirby Smart is the head coach of their football team, almost every player when they talked about what was the key to their success, named other people. And now there's no doubt who is the ultimate leader of their team and who has that overall responsibility. But there were many different leaders, whether it be a position coach or a trainer or someone who was helping someone, to your point, get from point A to point B, mm -hmm. uh, helping them figure out a, a, a new or different way or how to maximize their own ability, or whatever the case may be. And that's where that, that term leadership or that term leader can really be expanded. Yeah, so I think w what we're saying is, is you know, you don't have to be just the chief guy, the CEO, the president, the head coach, the whatever, to, to be a leader. You know, you could be a leader um, within an organization of other leaders. You can be a leader uh, within your home. You could be a leader of your family. Um, you know, a, a leader within your church, you know, here at the Ridge, we have lots of different leaders who are responsible for lots of different things, Absolutely, um, you know, but, uh, yeah, I think that's great. And that's, I think that's a misconception that a lot of people have, uh, about, um, leadership. And that, I think that'd be a good transition here to our second question. And in, in your experience, Bill, what do you think are some of the most common misconceptions people have about leadership where they're just not thinking in the right direction or, or maybe getting it wrong? Well, I think, you know, so often, I mean, we are a results-oriented society. You know, everybody's looking for uh, the results or the statistics or whatever the case may be. And so, so often, uh, people attempt to qualify leadership with whatever those results are. Oh, you didn't achieve that, so you must not be a good leader. And I think what we really need to begin to look at is the impact that it's having on the people. In other words, I may not have achieved everything that I have wanted to achieve in going after something, but 
if I have grown as an individual, if I have grown in my knowledge, if I have grown in my capabilities, then whoever I has been working with me, I believe has been a very successful leader, even though we may not have won the business deal or, you know, accomplished everything that we necessarily set out to. How am I growing as an individual? I mean, I think of leadership almost in the same regard as I do discipleship. You know, is this something that we are continuing to grow as individuals? We are continuing to mature as people as we go through life. And, and whoever is, is quote unquote, leading us or helping us, uh, if that growth is, is being achieved, then I think that that means it's being very successful. Gotcha. So you, I, what I'm hearing you say is it's really, it's the scorecard. Uh, and maybe is probably a big misconception uh, in your experiences is people having the wrong scorecard for what it means to be a good leader, what it means to uh, be successful. I guess we can use that word successful as a leader. It's not just about um, this, this subset of results, but it's really about the people that we're becoming, I guess, along the way who were being formed to be in the process. Am I on the right track? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. The, the, the scorecard is something that has been incorporated into almost, you know, all walks of life. I mean, even, even in church world, you know, we tend to have statistics that we look at and we say, okay, are we progressing? Are we doing the things that we need to? And uh, many of the things that I think are true indicators of, of uh, success or improvement from a leadership perspective may not be able to be measured aren't going to show up on a scorecard. Uh, You're going to see it in the individuals. When, when you see someone who maybe was attending church that now is leading a small group, you know, whoever has helped and worked with them to do that, what a success story. That's tremendous. Now we may not see that on a scorecard. We may not see that, you know, announced from the platform at church or whatever the case may be, but what an incredible story to see people grow in their abilities to then help pass that on to others to help others improve. Yeah. And I don't mean to, to pull you off sides right here, but is there a, uh, an experience or an example uh, maybe that you've been through in your life where you've, you know, you maybe you set out to do something in leadership and, and you kind of had to change or adjust that court, that score card uh, along the way where um, by the time, whatever it was, was said and done with, you thought, you know, we need, we needed a better metric uh, going um, through this, or maybe, um, you know, we set out to do this, but this is really what came out on the other side. And that, that ended up being better. Yeah, you know, it's it's interesting that you ask that. The The very first thought that came to mind actually goes back quite a ways. At a church we were going to, uh, at the time, we were just attending. And um, this was several years ago. And the uh, couple that was leading the Sunday school class that we were in uh, decided that they needed to step down. And we were relatively new to the Sunday school class. But for some reason, uh, they saw something in me that said, we'd like you to take over the Sunday school class and lead it. And I'm thinking, oh my goodness, uh, we have X number of people. And so how do I step into this role and figure out how we can expand the class and double the size? And I'm bringing all my business mindset to the table and saying, how do, how do we accomplish these type of things? Only to find out when I got into it that it really had nothing to do with that. It had everything to do with the growth of the people 
that were involved in this Sunday school class. And so I had to completely change my thinking. And it, it wasn't about continually trying to grow the numbers, but it was about the growth of the people and my, my own personal growth as well in doing that. Because, you know, one of the things you'll find out is there's nothing, there's nothing that challenges you more to grow than being asked to lead something. Sure. Uh, because you tend to really need to study it, understand it, and, and begin to apply it to your own life way before you have to start leading others with it. Yeah, you have to, you have to internalize that within yourself. You can't, you can't give to someone that what's not within you. Um, and that's always something that I feel like I've, I've picked up from different talks, books, uh, on leadership. Is that something that, uh, I guess what you're saying is also resonated strongly with you as well? Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, you, people, people get other people and if you're not genuine, and if it's not something that you're, you know, kind of walking the talk yourself, people pick up on that. And you have to be real. Uh, you have to be genuine in what you're doing. Um, my wife and I led a uh, high school Bible study uh, when our kids were in high school. And one of the things I realized is if I stood up in front of them and was fake or tried to fake it or tried to do something different, uh, they saw right through me and they would call me out on it. And and that was one of the best learning experiences I could have had to realize that, okay, just as you're saying, if it's not inside of you, it's going to be very difficult to convey that to others. And so learning that yourself and, and, and really, you know, kind of allowing that to settle within you uh, before you start leading others is such an important element. Yeah. It just makes me think of, uh, Romans chapter 12, where Paul says, let love be sincere. Uh, and there's a multitude of applications um, that we can talk about with just that that one verse uh, there. But just for the purpose of our conversation, that, that's kind of really what I was picking up on is, um, you know, you got to be sincere. You got to be authentic. Uh, you know, don't try to be someone that you're not, which, you know, it's a little bit of a buzzword, I think, in society, you know, like be yourself, you know, you can only be you, there's only one you. Um, but I do think that there is an element of truth to that where, you know, if you're trying to be someone that you're not, or, you know, you're talking about something that you really don't know what you're talking about. Um, you know, I think people, especially now, can really sniff out a fake from a mile away. You know, we're just, we're exposed to so much marketing and stuff every single day. You know, you can tell, you know, just much faster, it seems like, if people are really just there to to try to sign you up or get your money or, or whatever it is and then move on versus someone who is really invested in you as, as uh, a person. Yeah, that's exactly right. I mean, the integrity that somebody brings to the table or to a meeting or to a relationship or whatever the case may be. I mean, I, I may have a lot of knowledge and experience because I've been at something for a long time, but if you and I start meeting on a regular basis and I'm just trying to give you uh, new ways of considering things, but I don't appear to have a high degree of integrity and sincerity in what I'm doing. Most of that is not going to land on you. Uh, you're just going to look at it and say, well, you know, if that's the way it's going to be, I'll just read a book. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I, yeah. I don't need to be spending time with someone if, if all they're trying to do is just, you know, kind of check the boxes with me. Sure. Well, let's talk maybe to that person then, uh, maybe now who's someone who's like, you know, I do have a lot of 
knowledge and experience about this, this expertise, uh, in this area, whatever it may be. Um, but I'm not, a, I'm not a really good leader. You know, I talk to people about this, but it doesn't seem like anyone really wants to follow me. It doesn't seem like anyone really wants to jump in or, or circle up with me and, and pursue whatever goal this is, even though, you know, I feel like, you know, I know a little bit about what I'm talking about here. So what, what would your advice be to someone who is wanting to become a better leader? How can you become better at leadership? Um, you know, no matter what level that you're at, you know, to me, David, I think it's a, it's a, it's a multi-step process. I, I think step one is how are you leading yourself? In other words, the things that you want to do and in impacting others, are you doing that with yourself? You know, I, I may talk to you about, uh, I, I think it would be good for you to have a quiet time each morning uh, to, to really ground yourself, to begin your day, to, you know, uh, uh, get the word of the Lord in, inside of you as you begin and, and, and walk out outside the house. Well, if I'm not doing that, then it's, it's very difficult for me to be able to start to lead others because I can't, I can't lead from my experience. So I think first and foremost, it's walking the talk yourself, leading yourself as best you can. I think the second step of it is look at those in your closest circle. It may be family members. Uh, it may be close friends. Start there. Uh, start there and begin to have those conversations around how can I best begin to lead those. And I don't mean, you know, in a in a oppressive way of I'm the boss, I'm in charge, but just taking that experience and helping others. Uh, could be something as simple as starting out and uh, reading scripture on a daily basis to your family, to your wife, to your children, um, uh, reading with a close friend, uh, modeling that out in such a way of showing the importance of something that you're beginning to lead someone into a lifestyle change uh, to begin to go through that. As you have begun to do those things, then opportunities the Lord will naturally bring opportunities into your life to lead beyond that. You've begun to, you know, work with a little, and now the Lord will be giving you a lot uh, to be able to step outside of that smaller group and begin to lead in uh, other ways. I, I think too often when people think of leadership, it's it's going from zero to sixty immediately. Yeah. And it's like, okay, I want to step in and I want to lead a Bible study or I want to I want to give a talk or I want to do something big. And that may be a very big step for someone. It may be a little bit more than what somebody is prepared or ready to do. So it's like a lot of other things we have to, you know, crawl before we walk, walk before we run, run before we sprint. And I think if we do that in a in a logical way, uh, we will prepare ourselves and the Lord will also continue to prepare us to be able to take on greater and greater responsibility. Yeah, I think that that piece you started with on self leadership is just is so huge, uh, and something that we we just we don't think about. You know, when you think about leadership, you think about who are the people that I'm overseeing, who are the people who are who are following me. Um, and often, I think our mind mistakenly so doesn't go to well, what am I doing to discipline myself? You know, what am right. I doing to you know what what am I doing to put myself in position to be the type of person people want to follow. I think the other side of that is, 
um, you got to open yourself up to critical feedback. And I think it was a little bit of maybe what you were kind of getting on there with step two about, you know, who are the people who are closest to you? Uh, you know, um, so would you agree, like, you know, to be a leader, you do kind of have to open yourself up to critical feedback and you have to be able to receive that? Oh, no, there's no question. And, and that's not easy to do, right? I mean, not everybody, <laughs> not everybody enjoys being criticized. And, but if, if you invite it, uh, if you openly talk about it, if you truly want to improve and you get into conversations along those lines, then I think that, that, that conversation, that dialogue back and forth with those whom you're leading uh, will be very beneficial. Uh, it will be uh, something that you can really take and, and incorporate into how you lead. You know, how did you feel that went? You know, so often we go to a, a course or a seminar and at the end of it, uh, the instructor gives us a, a, a form to fill out, an evaluation form. How did you feel things went? And, uh, you know, hopefully as a leader, they are taking that and really reading it and trying to understand, okay, did I get my points across? Uh, did I lead effectively? Did I come on too strong? Whatever the case may be. And, and I think the hardest thing for someone is to really allow that not to be something that they take way too personally. In other words, oh my gosh, you've hurt my feelings because you said I wasn't all that effective, but take it as constructive criticism and say, how can I take that and use it and improve it? Yeah, I think that just made me think of in my uh, previous role, I did a lot of uh, communication um, from from the platform, a lot of sermons. And, uh, you know, I was just getting started. And, um, you know, the thing about, I think, public speaking or, or, or teaching or, or doing sermons is really the best way to get better at it is just to do it. <laughs> you know, uh, unfortunately, you know, you can read, you can read a lot, you can listen to a lot. Um, but to personally get better, I just feel like you need reps uh, doing it. No and, question. And uh, one thing that we did was we formed a team of people whose uh, sole job was just kind of to evaluate or give me a grade week to week. And we created an evaluation form, like you're saying. And uh, I, I can remember a few times getting that form back and there'd be a point or maybe a, an illustration or a joke or um, a story or something. I thought, man, that was great, you know, during the writing process. And then it just didn't land, <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> and it's like, it's a little bit of a, of a gut check. Cause you're, you're like, man, this is the thing that I created, you know what I mean? And I'm really proud of it. Um, but it, it wasn't what I thought it was. And you have to open yourself up to that uh, criticism. Sometimes I think that's going to uh, push you in a hard way um, to get better, but not to internalize it so much where it's like, Oh man, like I'm, I'm terrible. I'm a failure. I can't ever do this again. And I think if, if you're doing those self-leadership things, like you're saying, and, and your identity, your foundation, um, is found in Christ to start there. I think that's, that's huge, uh, yes. you know, because otherwise, you know, every time someone gets, uh, you know, gives you negative feedback or something like that, you're going to get pushed off sides. You might react bad, angry, push them off your team, fire them, whatever. So let's play on that for just a second. Cause I think you, I think you said something critically important and that was, <clears throat> you know, when people want to lead or believe that they have things to offer and want to get involved, um, but can't seem to find where's the best place for me to plug in and do it. Uh, in some cases you can create opportunities yourself, uh, just like you were talking about, um, I think just, you know, just take the concept of doing a Bible study, you know, get two or three 
people. Could be more. Could I would probably wouldn't go less than that, but I'd get a few friends or whatever and just pass around the the leadership responsibilities week to week and use that as a training ground. Uh, and once you lead somebody through a lesson sometimes, then talk about it afterwards, like you've said. Uh, how, do, how do we feel? How things go? I, did the conversation seem natural? Uh, did, did we get into a good flow? How did things work out? So, it, you know, too often I think people have a, a desire to lead in some capacity, but are waiting for somebody to ask them to lead. And while that's good, and hopefully those opportunities will come along, uh, in many cases, uh, we, we may need to create those opportunities to give ourselves the experience that is necessary and to give ourselves the exposure to doing things. And so create something in a smaller environment that gives you experience and the opportunity to lead and will give you good feedback that then you can grow from. So I think that's, that's, that's an alternative that I think people have that many of us just don't consider all that often. Yeah, that's really good. I think you're right. A lot of people, um, and I've even had seasons like this, you know, where you're, you're, you're sitting on the sideline and you're standing there like, man, don't you see how great I am? Don't you see the <laughs> capacity and the, don't you see the, the, the opportunity that I have to rise to the occasion when, 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 you know, what you maybe should do in that situation is think, okay, what's a, what's a problem? What's a struggle, attention that, you know, whatever it is I'm a part of is going through right now. And what's something that in a small way that I could start doing to kind of help maybe solve that or start alleviating that tension. And, um, like you said, I think too often we're just like, you know, on the sideline, can't you see how awesome I am? So, right. Exactly. Yeah. I think maybe this would be a good time to transition here to our, our, our next question. And, um, really what I want to ask is in your experience, Bill, what are some of the differences and, um, maybe the biblical idea of leadership versus the secular idea of leadership. And I know that's not the best delineation uh, in the whole world using those, those two terms, but, um, I think for purpose of our conversation today, I think, uh, that they would be appropriate because, um, to this point, you know, we've talked a lot about, uh, really leadership in, in church and, um, you know, and, and family and that kind of thing. And of which, you know, Bill has great experience in, but, uh, Bill also has a, a lot of, rela- of relationships. What am I trying to say? A lot of experience, uh, you know, leading in, in the business world and the corporate world, uh, on top of that. So in, in your, um, kind of journey and experience, what are some ways that you've seen kind of both camps look at leadership, uh, differently? Yeah, I think, <clears throat> You know, hopefully the goal is always for there to not be any light or any gap between, let's just say, a secular and a spiritual leadership model. But, but we also know that there are. And um, just as in the, in the last podcast when you talked about biblical worldview, uh, what is our approach when we lead? What is our basis upon which how we deal with others? Uh, how do we treat others? How do we, how do we understand how best to treat others? And how is that informed? Is it informed simply as in treat others how you want to be treated? Or is it, does it take on a biblical mindset where we, we look to the scriptures to inform us as to how we ought to relate to others, how we ought to treat others? What I have found is in a lot of secular-oriented situations, 
there really is more of a focus on I am the boss and you are the employee or you are the follower and do what I say uh, because I feel like I've got the experience and the knowledge to be able to give you direction. I think when you bring in more of a spiritual understanding to that, it really is what is the best for the whole and how can what we do improve everyone? You know, it's kind of that old adage of a rising tide raises all boats. And I think in that case, I, I want to try and lead in a way that everyone that I have responsibility for is growing uh, during that time, uh, growing in their understanding of what it is that they do and the contributions that they make, but also growing in their ability to take on more responsibility and have the opportunity to lead others. You know, we, we talked just a little bit ago about leadership being a lot like discipleship. You know, our goal in discipling others is to, is to get them to a position where they can then disciple others beyond themselves and continuing to grow that model and replicating disciples as much as we possibly can. I think leadership's the same way. I mean, there are so many people that have the ability to lead that may not view themselves as leaders, but have the ability that just need that investment and that encouragement in a way that allows them to then step up and, and, and play that out with others in the future. Yeah, that's so good, and I think that's a uh, a key thing um, that we need to pick up on. And I gotta I gotta put this out there because I think that this is something that um, you see a lot more and more of, uh, kind of in public uh, discourse and then conversations uh, on the internet. But a lot of people will say, you know, people who are leaders of organizations, you know, what they really do is they just kind of sit in the top of the tower. They're in their nice office. They're in their E suite, or they're in their you know. Um, tropical, uh, remote work destination. And what all, you know, all that these people do who are leaders and all that they do to be successful is they just kind of fire off emails from wherever they are and they bark orders at everyone. And that's how they're really successful. And they don't actually, uh, put in any work or they don't actually do any of those things. They just kind of yell at people and, and drink sodas or Mai Tais or whatever it is. And, uh, you know, they make a ton of money and then they move on <laughs> with life <laughs> and you're, and you're, and you're, uh, opinion experience would you say that's something that's not accurate at all somewhat accurate pretty accurate or uh what what would you say that's perfectly accurate that's exactly <laughs> what i did <laughs> uh no you know it's 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 interesting we've all heard the adage it's lonely at the top and i've had uh, I, i've had a blessed life uh in business and the ministries that i've been involved in and I have been incredibly privileged to be able to be in many leadership roles of leading companies or whatever the case may be. And I, I think what, what true leaders end up doing is they think about whatever it is they're leading all the time. And how can I make it better? Uh, how can I help people? How can I assist how can I uh, help someone grow and understand? Um, you know, we all hear Chan on Sundays, and he does an incredible job uh, from the pulpit and from the platform when he preaches. But uh, seven days a week, he's thinking about 
our church and how he leads our church and where our church is going and things of that nature. It's way more than just the Chan we see on Sundays. And so as a leader, you're constantly looking at everything that's going on. So to the extent that we have those leaders that fit into the categories that you described that are sitting on a tropical island with a uh, umbrella in their drink, uh, chances are uh, they're headed for disaster at some point in time uh, because they're they're not uh, investing in their people. They're not investing in the organization that they have responsibility for. Yeah, I just don't see how, um, you know, anyone can be disconnected from whatever it is that you're leading and, and be effective, you know, from you know, whatever arena you're talking about. But I mean, I mean, just think about like your family, how are you going to be effective leader of your family and you're never around them? You know what I mean? Or you're like only firing off texts. Hey son, have a, have a good T-ball game today. Right. Uh, you know, right. I'm in the Bahamas. <laughs> so. and that, yeah, exactly. And that works for a short period of time, right? Every leader, when they get into that and they feel, well, I've got all the power and I've got all the authority and I'm just going to exercise it that way. Uh, that will last for a very short period of time. And then all of a sudden you turn around and realize you're just out for a long walk. You have no followers. And uh, unfortunately, we see a lot of that in families today where it's more of an authoritative uh, approach as opposed to a collaborative approach. And, uh, and and then, you know, as parents, we turn around and our, our, our children are grown. And it's like, gee, I wonder why they don't come around all that much. And I wonder why we're not nearly as close as I had hoped we would be. And that's because that authoritarian approach and that distant approach just doesn't work in, in any walk of our life, in our personal, in our vocational, or whatever the case may be. Uh, to be a leader, we have to have followers. And uh, if we don't have followers that uh, we are constantly investing in, uh, they're going to go somewhere else. Yeah, I think it just makes me think of, um, you know, in the Bible, when you see Jesus leading uh, throughout his earthly ministry, you know, he's out in front, you know, he's down there, he's in, he's in the weeds, he's, he's in the trenches, he's face to face with the people, he's bringing the 12 along uh, with him when he can, um, he's doing all those things, he's not um, disconnected or, uh, you know, lobbing orders from, you know, inside the the synagogue or whatever. Uh, there are times when Jesus retreats um, to spend time with the Father and to recharge, but that's different than, uh, you know, I'm always just going to kind of hang out here and you guys go take care of it. Right. You know, and I, I just think we, we've talked a lot about sports in this podcast too. I was just thinking, you know, at the beginning of a football game, when the team comes out of the tunnel, who's jogging out in the front? It's usually the head coach. Right. He's out front. He's in the middle. He's not, hey, you guys have a great ball game. I'm going to head out of here, you know, let me know how it goes after the fourth quarter ends, you know, he's out there um, doing his part. Well, and, you know, you you talked about, you know, and when we read about Jesus's life and his ministry on earth, uh, you know, obviously he spoke to masses of people, but he invested in 12 and he invested in 12 truly at the ground level. And yes, everybody knew he was the leader, but he invested personally with those 12 because he had expectations that they would then become leaders, that they would then go on and do more with what he had taught them. And, you know, there's just absolutely no better model than reading the Gospels and seeing how Jesus led 
And it's, it's something that every single one of us can apply to our own lives is, you know, leading isn't necessarily just standing up in front of a lot of people and talking. Uh, leading is really investing ourselves in the lives of those who are following us or who we have responsibility for in a way to really hopefully prepare them to do the same in the future. Yeah, that's good. I, I think that's a good uh, way to kind of get to our last question here. Um, outside of what we've talked about, and there there may not be uh, anything so far, but maybe what are some bad examples that you've seen uh, in your life and experience of leadership that, you know, maybe on the surface, someone who doesn't have a lot of exposure to leadership or a lot of experience might think, man, that's really what, what you should do. Um, but really on the back end, it's a bad, it's a bad example. Anything kind of just off the cuff there? You know, it's interesting in, in, in my career and in my life, um, I've probably learned as much from people that I would have classified as not that great of leaders, <laughs> as opposed to those who are great leaders, uh, in looking and seeing, okay, that wasn't very effective. So when I have an opportunity to step in, I'm not going to do it that way. I'm going to do it differently. And, and in most cases, those were situations where people were incredibly authoritarian. You know, I, I am the leader. My name is on the door. Uh, you're going to do what I say because I do have that authority. And, uh, and that's, that's correct and that's right. But at the same time, that's very deflating for the people that that leader is attempting to lead. Uh, you will get certain results for a short period of time, but over the long range, you're going to either lose followers or those results will begin to fade because you don't have and you haven't invested and built the relationships in the way that you need to build them. Uh, so that's probably the one area that I would say is always the biggest uh, taboo for me is something where someone comes in and says, finally, I've got the corner office. Finally, I've got, you know, I've got people that I'm leading. And so doggone it, this is the way it's going to be. And uh, really look at it as, you know, it's a collaborative process. Yes, the buck stops with you as the leader. You may need to make some of the tough decisions, uh, but you should do it in an informed fashion to where people feel like they are part of the process. Uh, I may not have always agreed uh, with uh, the suggestions that I always received when I was in a leadership role, but as long as the people that I was leading felt like they had input and they had the opportunity to speak into a situation, even if we ended up disagreeing or going in a different direction, I think people appreciate being heard and having that dialogue to understand why you did specifically what you did. Yeah, what I'm hearing you say is, you know, that um, I call it relational equity, yep. building that relational equity and trust uh, with those that you're that you're working with, partnering with, leading will get you a lot further than just kind of dropping the hammer and saying, like, I've got the title, I've got, you know, the highest pay grade, I'm the highest rank, whatever uh, it is, will really pay you short term dividends versus, you know, going much, probably further, faster, longer um, than doing the hard work of that. And I think maybe would you say kind of the, the tough part of that is when it comes to investing in people is you actually have to open yourself up to some vulnerability uh, as well. You're opening yourself up to, 
to potentially be hurt by other people or to be to be mis- misunderstood. Um, I hear that a lot. That one of the toughest parts of leadership is just kind of being misunderstood in different ways. Would you Would you agree with that? Disagree with that? Or say yeah, it's I, off target? I, I mean, I think I think you have to be prepared for that. Uh, that at times uh, that is going to happen, uh, and and it could be. And, and to me, it always is a, a, an opportunity for self reflection as well. You know, uh, gee, that didn't seem to go as well as I hoped it would go. Why is that? And is that something I could have done differently? Is it something that just somebody was just going to be resistant regardless of whatever the case may be? And, you know, too often, I think uh, we tend to land on those things and personalize it and allow it to, you know, kind of eat at us and and, and, and we can't do that. I, I think we have to be focused on when we make decisions, make those decisions prayerfully and feel like we have done the diligence necessary ahead of time uh, that we're following how the Lord would lead us and then have confidence in in what we have done, recognizing that not everybody is going to agree with it. And, and that is ultimately something that a leader does have to recognize, that at the end of the day, somebody has to make the decision. And not everybody that is involved in it uh, is going to be wholeheartedly behind it. And But if I think if you're looking at what's best for the organization, what's best for the people, and if you're making decisions along those lines that uh, people will eventually see and understand and come along, even if they don't initially agree with, you know, what the decision was. Man, yeah, that's so good. Wow. If, if you've been listening along to this and you're still here with us, man, I think it's so worth it to rewind. The last 10 minutes of the conversation has been so good. Um, as we get ready to land right here, Bill, you got any final closing thoughts, closing remarks as we get ready to land the plane here, just as we talk about leadership? Yeah, David, I think I think the one thing I would just end with is a recognition that every single one of us is a leader in some capacity. Uh, it's not just a matter, as we started off by saying, it's those people who have a position at the top or whatever the case may be. Probably the most important leaders that we have are those that are leading their families. Uh, that those are leading their spouses, those are leading their children. And that is probably the most important responsibility that any of us will ever have. And we may all aspire to do more and, and lead a big group and, and, and accomplish a lot of things. But I think if we are doing our best and uh, biblically leading our families the best we possibly can, I can't think of a more satisfying uh, opportunity than that. So don't think, gee, I'm not a leader. I, I don't have responsibility for any big group, and I've not been assigned this committee or that group or whatever the case may be. Look at your, look at your circle. Look at your close circle. It, 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 it could be spouse, children. It could just be friends. But we all have an opportunity to lead and and just don't shy away from that. Embrace it and and realize that God has gifted you in such a way uh, to give you the opportunity to make a difference in somebody else's life. Wow, that's so good. That's so good. Well, hey, 
Uh, Bill, thanks so much for joining me uh, today on the Ridgecast. I, I really love this conversation, and I know um, others are gonna are gonna love it uh, as well. So I want to thank you guys for listening along. Uh, you know, as always, uh, you guys can always shoot us um, some ideas or some topics or questions that you want to hear us discuss uh, on this podcast. And uh, thanks so much for joining us, and uh, we'll see you guys next time. We're out. Hey, thanks for listening to the Ridgecast. If this episode was helpful, please feel free to share it with a friend. For more information about The Ridge, visit us at theridge.cc or follow us on social media at The Ridge CC. See you next time.